0: Hello and good morning, Shannon. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic. The way you build a plot—how do you fall into these scenes inside your head, and somehow they—they they, they create things in our head?
1: You know, some of it is just kind of the magic that happens when you're really writing, and you're and you're so deep in the characters. I swear, there's moments where I I kind of get to the end of it and reread it, and it's like, where does that come from? Um, and then some of it is, is very meticulous plotting. Um, I'm very lucky that I have two amazing editors who I brainstorm with um, usually once a week, and we kind of troubleshoot things and talk things through and try to watch for those dreaded plot holes and things like that. So it's it's kind of a combination of, you know, very rigid work and kind of just the alchemy of writing in general
0: well i love the idea that that you you brought collaboration into this and the reason why is because so many writers and authors like to do things on their own because they don't want to relinquish the control so i love the idea that you openly speak of of the collaborations that you have
1: i mean we all have things that like you know it's so clear in our head but then when you you know put it on the page it just doesn't come through or certainly plot holes, you know, those are things where I think it all makes complete sense and then somebody else will be like, well, but wait, why don't they just do this, you know, and so I definitely am big on let's have people help me and keep an eye on things and, you know, try to really have as many brains on this because this is a huge story and, you know, as many brains as possible to make sure we're, you know, doing it justice is... I am all about
0: it. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, when you say huge, I mean this is book number nine in the series.
1: I know, and they're not short books either. You know, most of them are seven or eight hundred pages. So apparently, I have a lot to say.
0: (laughs) So now, when when you're because my my last book was just over three hundred pages, and it was one of those where it was like, God, do do, do I want to edit this down? I don't want to take anything out. How how do you get up to eight hundred and think, yeah, this is it. This is perfectly ripe.
1: You know, it's funny. For the first few books in the series, each one, I went into it going, "Okay, we're going to make this one shorter. We're going to rein it <laughs> in."
0: That's
1: a little bit of an uphill struggle. You know, having these big, thick books—they were considered sort of not reluctant reader friendly. And you know, it was when I was a brand new baby series. There was a lot of like pushback against it, and so I was like, "I'm going to make it shorter," and it never happened. Uh, I really think a big part of it is the fact that it has a huge cast. Um, And, you know, you you have to show everybody. When you have a huge cast, they all need their scene, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's definitely something that adds a lot of length. If you want to cut a story down, take out characters, don't put them in. Um, But it was just really important to me to have a big cast, especially for this story. It just felt like the problem that Sophie was facing was not something where it would make sense for her to be sort of the solo hero. You know, she needed a team. Yeah. And honestly, those were the stories I loved. I liked the Avengers. I liked the X-Men. I like where it's, you know, a whole group where each one of them is super important in their own way. And that's kind of what keeper is it's a big group you know and and that definitely adds length to the books
0: (laughs) well in in this story sophie you know faces the meaning of power and evil and it's i I love the fact that this has come out right now because it, it seems like those that are evil are winning right now so she actually you're actually putting your reader in a place of that you know the separation between walk and don't walk
1: yeah i mean she's definitely dealing with things where it's hard to even know where the evil really is. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a kind of story like others where there's just one villain that's kind of risen up and it needs to be stopped. This is something where the world they live in is fundamentally flawed. And the leaders have kind of been ignoring those problems for millennia. And as a result, there's these kind of dueling rebellions that have come, one that's kind of the good guys that are, you know, they have ways of changing things that are, you know, peaceful and things like that. That's what Sophie and her friends are a part of. And then you have these other rebels that in some ways they're not wrong. Like they're responding to the same problems that Sophie and her friends and all of that group are responding to, but they just tend to have much more violent solutions. And so it's really a strange space to be, in both as a writer and for the characters, because they don't know who to trust. They don't know where to turn to. They don't know exactly what the right solution is because it's so much they run into, well, this is how it always was. And 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 Sophie has to kind of be like, yeah, but that's wrong, you know? <laughs> and but we don't want to do what those bad guys are doing either. And so it's a, it, there's a lot of, you know, unintentional parallels that kind of go on with where we're at in this world today.
0: It's almost like you sit down with a chessboard and you and you make a move and then and then you ask the question why and if you can't come up with the answer then then you say okay that's not the scene I want to write.
1: Yeah, it's funny you should. I always use that analogy that I feel like a long time ago I built the chessboard, I built the pieces, I created the rules, and now as I'm writing these later books, I'm just kind of sitting down and saying okay, so which pieces, you know, and now that if I move this piece, then that means these things are going to happen. And if I move this piece, then that means these things are going to happen. And it's kind of just sitting back and going, what's the best move right now? What's the right things to reveal? You know, kind of let it unfold in a way that feels the most organic to everything else that's going on.
0: And in your books, one, one thing that I, that my, my wife is a school teacher, and one thing that we talked about is the fact that you are writing these, these books of adventure during a time when the metaverse and AIs are trying to get the imaginations of so many young readers. But yet, through the power of a paragraph, you are connecting with people in their own ways of escaping.
1: It is the coolest thing. I mean, again, especially with the beginning of the series with some of that pushback for them being too long or things like that, it was just like... I just kept thinking. I feel like some of these people are kind of underestimating our kids. That they're yeah. saying, you know, like, "Oh, kids don't read long books." I'm like, "Yes, they will if you make them fun." You know, I mean, if it's if it's drudgery, they might not want to. But if there's adventure and characters that they love, they won't even notice how long they'll read. You know, and so I and again, it was just kind of. I wanted to tell the story accurately. I didn't want to rush it. I just wanted to give each character their moment and that was what determined the length of the books. But it has been very cool to see that, you know, kids will still pick up Big books they will not be intimidated by them and they will you know lose themselves in the stories and then go online and talk to all their friends about the stories and it's, it's amazing
0: well you, you make your readers believe in telepathic communications and I, I totally believe in this kind of stuff in, in martial arts as a third degree black belt we, we just call it our key energy somebody can be 25 30 feet away and I can sit there and look at them and all of a sudden you, you get the attention of them because I feel that there's energy in every one of us and we're passing it forward at all times
1: I mean, it's definitely something that when I was researching the um, characters and stuff, I actually did research to see, you know, what are the things that are out there and and beliefs and and all of that, you know, and kind of tried to incorporate all that. I I tried to take less of a magical approach to the books. I kind of call it my Shannon science, you know, like (laughs) things from, you know, little theories that were out there on Wikipedia or different things and try to find some sort of explanation that was more than just, well, it's magic, you mm-hmm. know, and, and really kind of work from there.
0: Well, it's a beautiful job. Where where can people go to find out more about the other books as well as continue to give you lots of love?
1: Um, well, I'm on social media, so it's um, at SW underscore messenger. Um, Or there's always KeeperVelocities.com or ShannonMessenger.com are great places to find links to everything.
0: Do you ever ever find yourself going, you know, I really am a messenger. Look at all the things that I am sharing with the world. I am a messenger.
1: It's a very appropriate name, and it's not a pen name, you know, but it it, it worked out well.
0: (laughs) Well, please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you.
1: I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. You
0: bet. You be brilliant today, okay?
1: I will do my best. You too. <laughs>